0: Hello, this is Dr. Shiva. Welcome to our podcast, Get Educated or Be Enslaved. Episode 790, air date October 5th, 2020.
1: Welcome everybody. Thank you so much for having us and hosting Dr. Shiva in Springfield. We are honored to be here. We're honored to be here with you. Thank you for your support of Dr. Shiva for US Senate. I could see all these great write-in signs. You guys are already on top of it. Looks great. I just want to introduce. We're gonna have Dr. Shiva's gonna come up in a minute and just say a few words and do some Q and A. And first, we're gonna have John Medlar come up and speak. So, John, I'd like to welcome you. Thank you, Michelle. So, really, you should be really. Well, you're gonna be clapping for is the guy you're all here to meet because I've been because hey, I've been a volunteer with Dr. Shiva for about the past three years um, uh, since he was since we were running in 2018. And let me tell you, this guy is—I literally don't know how he does it, because he uh, is—he drives his volunteers insanely hard because of because of the message is so inspirational. But he works ten times harder than any one of us, and I've seen it personally, day in and day out. So all of you people here today, you're in for such a treat, and and we really need a, and we really could use a treat right now because I'll tell you, I'm freaking pissed at the situation that we've been handed to by the Republican establishment. I mean, we knew these guys were dirty, but man, all the corruption that we uncovered with this campaign constantly poking the bear. It it just makes us, it just brings into focus why this campaign for truth, freedom and health is so essential and why it's important to bring together Trumpers and independents and Democrats and working people from all walks of life into full scale political rebellion against this corruption. And fortunately, we've got a man that has been fighting that fight for his entire life, never forgotten where he came from, busting his butt, and he's with us right here today, Dr. Shiva Ayadore. All right, thank you, everyone.
0: Uh, everyone's here from what, Chicopee? Let's take the towns. Yay! Chicopee, Yay! Wilbraham, Northampton, Holyoke, Samson. Monson, Samson. Auburn, Hampton, Emers. What is that? Princeton, oh, Southampton, South South. South New York, yeah. Southwick, Southwick. Springfield. Which, Springfield, Maine. Anyone South else? South West Springfield, South Hadley. South Hadley. Yeah. Do we miss anyone? All right. The reason that's important is we've come here now. I think this is our sixth time. The Typical, quote-unquote, politicians, they don't travel outside of the 495 beltway, right? Because they essentially want to stay and focus on a finite set of people because they can control the voting process, and they don't really care about working people west of 495, be it Central Mass or be it in Springfield. And these are essentially where the hardworking people of Massachusetts are. Uh, it's, It's fundamentally the forgotten people in many ways that those politicians don't care about but we've been out here this is our sixth time and we'll keep coming back here over and over and over again so I'm really happy to be back here i think one of the important things we need to recognize in franklin county i don't know if you know this fact we won franklin county we won it was it was the only county we won why because all the 70 to 80% of the towns are hand counted votes hand it to them a human being looks at it and a human being says and I, I believe two people have to verify it one vote for shiva one vote for doofus one vote for shiva two, three votes for Do- Sohan. okay but in franklin county we won by six points in every other county where they used the machine hand counted votes we lost by 20 points consistently 60 40 60 40, 60, 40. And as I've mentioned, this guy who wasn't out here couldn't even get maybe two people out, very much like Joe Biden, right? right? Last time we were in Chicopee, 300 people were in that parking lot at 7 p.m. And the people that came to our, to support us, and actually the fiber of, of our movement are working people. Everyone here works for a living. Exactly. Everyone has a job, people work very hard, we pay taxes, we believe in the principles of this country, we don't cheat, we don't lie, like those guys. And that's who supported this campaign, and that's what scared them so much that they had to go do election fraud. That's what happened. So sixty forty. this guy, no campaign signs, no bumper stickers, no, no real donations, no organization, no support, no volunteers. Never, ne- can you say that again? Come over here. Come over here and say we what he just said. And this is what we keep hearing.
1: We're- I've never heard of him. How,
0: he gets- how many people heard of this guy? No. What's, no. His,
1: name? What's <laughs> his name?
0: Exactly. I was just driving. I was crossing the intersection to come over here in Belmont. And a woman walks by and she goes, thumbs up. And I rolled down the window. She goes, I voted for you. I said, we're running again. Election fraud took place. And the first thing out of her mouth, she goes, I'm voting. But she goes, publicize it to everyone. And... I can't tell you how many people keep saying that. Who was this guy? Never heard of him. He was nowhere there to be found. This is what you find in third world countries where the Chinese Communist Party or the existing, you know, fascist party find some idiot to run who's basically will be their puppet. Right. That's what happened in Massachusetts. No one heard about this guy. Nobody. Nobody heard of him. And that's where you start finding one of the biggest symptoms of the election fraud that we uncovered. So we're not walking away. Michelle said something interesting this morning. She goes, the problem they have is 99% of the candidates that have endured election fraud, they go, oh, well, I guess I lost. They go to a serious depression. They make it all about themselves because their goal was not to win for working people. It was about getting a position. You see what I'm saying? So they had the wrong goal in mind. Our goal is to win for working people. That's what this is about, right? It's about us. It's not about an individual like me or someone else. And part of this movement is we're going step by step by step, how much ever time it takes, and we're educating people. And we're educating people on the principles of truth, freedom, and health. That's what we're educating people on. So we poked the bear hard. We stabbed them really hard by all those people that came out to vote for us. We were headed for a landslide victory. And the only thing that they could do was to cheat because that's how they've been running all of us. They don't care about the fact that we pay taxes, we work hard, we want the right things. What they've been doing is cheating. Cheating by taking money away from us. They cheat by imposing taxes on us. One rule for us and another rule for them. And that's what this election fraud's about it's essentially a complete reflection in a very very profound and direct in a very real way of what they've been doing to all of us this is not about me getting cheated it's about what they've been doing to all of us and that's why if you get our new cards uh richard maybe you can break out one of the boxes you can bring a box up here so when i was walking across that street the the thing that woman said is please publicize to everyone you're doing a write in campaign i'll vote for you and that's what i heard we were at an office a attorney's office and five random people walked by and you can hand some of these out just give them out to people and and uh, everyone said we voted for you we voted for you this has been the consistent thing and and then and and when i said we're doing a write in campaign hand, hand these out richard the first thing that came out of her mouth is oh my god i'm going to vote for you so why am I telling you that? Two U.S. senators have won write-in campaigns, two. Okay, I don't know if you know that. How many people knew that? One was Strom Thurmond many years ago, another was Lisa Murkowski. For, forget whether you like them or not. And, and the way they won it, there were two ingredients. One was visibility. They had to have name brand visibility, which we do. We, we had 14 major billboards. We had radio ads, TV ads, network ads. of people know us. But the second thing was letting people know, hey, we're doing a write-in. So, um, what what was your name? Bruce Bruce just put up, you know, the write-in, right? On our bus, thanks Bruce. Bruce is an amazing sign maker. What's the name of your sign company? Socho Signs. Socho Signs, Bruce went and did that himself. The people in our campaign, we don't have to direct them, they just start doing stuff. Because it's a bottoms up movement. Because they're working people, right? We go figure out a problem, we solve it. So th- these cards, if you're getting them, I don't know if you got them, Richard, pass them out over here. No, no, just give people these cards. Uh, pass these cards, take one and pass them around. So we, Richard, I got it this way, you can pass. So we have printed up about a million, 1.5 million of these cards. All right, This think of these as our bullets. This is our ammunition. And remember in the old days when the US Army would go by and drop these flyers. Well, that's what we need to do. It may seem like a very simple thing, but we we want each person here who wants to do this, and we need everyone to do this, you can put up about uh, 500 to 1,000 cards an hour, and we have new research clinical data that shows when you put out 1,000 of these cards, you lose one pound of fat and you increase a half a pound of muscle, okay?
1: <laughs>
0: and, we won't charge you, and we won't charge you for the weight loss program, okay? So it builds muscle, reduces fat. Better than the ketogenic diet, all right? So you put, no, a 1,000 to 1 pound. So every 1,000 cards you'll be doing. So people are running them, and, and you can put them on, you know, people's cars right there, right? Hand them to people, whatever you want. But we need to get these out in this area, Everyone should know that we're not walking away. We're doing a write-in campaign. The front of the card, if you look at it carefully, says we made the message very simple. Four lines, write-in, number one, Dr. Shiva, U.S. Senate, and then at the bottom of it, it says stop election fraud. The reverse of it, if you turn the card around, it tells people how to do it, how to do it. If you notice, we have a sample of the ballot It says Senator in Congress. That's what it'll say on the ballot. And it has one thing for Lawyer 1 at 1 Doofus Lane. Lawyer 2 at 2 Doofus Lane. And then it has a white space, right space, and you can put Dr. Shiva. It's got a pen. And by law, it's intent. Okay? And then you have to fill out the ellipse to the right of it. Okay? So we made it really simple. So people who know us will say, oh, yeah, he's running a writing campaign. How do I do it? Again, this is very, very simple, all right? Yes, yes, he agrees. (laughs) All right, so everyone got this? So this is what needs to be done. So I know all of you took time to come out today. Uh, It's a beautiful day and I appreciate everyone doing that, but we need, so I have boxes. Each of those boxes has 5,000 cards. So that's five pounds, Loss. Right, two and a half pounds of increase in muscle. Okay, that's what we're looking at right there. So everyone's got to take at least ten thousand, if you can, five to ten thousand. That's what we need minimum. And you hit the parking lots, you just go do them. Dispersion. Okay, we just broadcast and just go do them for the next ten days. And we know everyone in this series gotten it. Angela Shagnan has about more cards. If you need them, is Angie here? Um. Okay, but Angela's right here in Granby. And if everyone wants to know her name, uh, Michelle, and, and we'll c- collect everyone's names if you don't have them so we know who's getting what card so you have them, okay? So that's, that's the order. So I wanted to put that up front before I, I sort of gave some of the uh, key ideas here. So we made this rally really be a Shiva for Senate rally, but to really be for working people. And what I wanted to do is I wanted to distill in the next few minutes what the core here is. If you take away Republican and Democrat for a second, if you take away left and right, if we take away black and white, what we really find is over the last 50 years, working people in this country, which means you're a small business owner, you start your own business from scratch, you're a nurse, you're a mother who takes care of kids, right? Working people have been under, frankly, brutal attack. And they've been being squeezed from both ends of the spectrum. And that issue is not fully addressed in in the media. And we, as working people, need to get clear of that politics. Otherwise, it's easy for us to be distracted and manipulated and used. In Massachusetts, there's only one party. Let's be honest. There's a unit party. The Republican and Democratic Party are one. We may be lowercase d Democrats, lowercase Republicans, lowercase unenrolled if you're a working person. We share more in common than the Republican Party establishment of the Massachusetts GOP whose chairman, by the way, didn't even want a Trump sign on his lawn. He said, get that freaking thing off my lawn. And today he wear wears a hat because he needs funding f- from leveraging the president's campaign. Charlie Baker, quote unquote, Republican, attacked the president, right? On TV, he said, oh, if you won't step out of office, the election is over. But he wasn't just referring to Trump, he was referring to us. Because we're the ones who filed the FOIA, starting to expose the fraud. So when he got on TV that day and he said, "I'm," a, you know, when an election is over, the people have spoken. Well, he was really saying that about us. And the, and Charlie Baker's a guy who's destroyed any Republican who comes bottoms up. He destroyed Mark Fisher in 2014. They caught the mass GOP literally shredding an opposition. and he was an engineer who was running against Baker in the 2014, they wanted to keep him off the ballot, he was shredding his ballots. Fisher sued the mass GOP, he won the right to go to court, and then they settled out of court. And they've done this to, so it's the Republicans who attack other Republicans. This is a fact, because they want, they don't want anyone to perturb the alliance between the Republicans and Democrats. All right. That's what we got to remember. So that's like the first lesson. It's not like oh, I'm a Republican and I'm a Democrat. Remember, President Trump was neither a Republican or a Democrat. He used to make fun of Republicans. And, I mean, the Democrats use that ad, but it's still true. He was someone who came f- from a background of recognizing that this country was attacked from China, that this country was, had, was basically destroying itself by outsourcing all of its manufacturing, that China was stealing intellectual property, and he knew there was gonna be a massive failure in this economy because it was an attack on working people. So the two things he was attempting to do was to bring back manufacturing, and he was trying to stop the stealing of Chinese, uh, from China stealing our intellectual property, which are what really support wealth creation in this country. And for that, the globalists with China retaliated. That's what we're witnessing right now china is whether you want to really hear this or not is colonizing the united states that's what's going on and i've studied the history of colonization first the colonizer comes to be your friend right look at india first the british came saying hey we want to just trade with you then they got rid of middlemen and then they became what was called they started saying look let's outsource stuff." So in India, the British outsourced all of Indian manufacturing to Britain and they cut the thumbs off weavers, for example. In the United States, it was a little bit different. We China outsourced manufacturing to, to China. And then the third phase of it is total occupation by using... It's not direct. The British in India never used... They didn't fully come in there. They used other Indian sellouts. Okay? In the United States, that's what they're doing. They're buying politicians. They're buying university professors. And basically you're seeing the colonization of the united states take place and when you destroy the economy you can then come buy u.s assets at a penny on the dollar that's what's going on and i think last time i was here in springfield richard we went to that place in springfield right here where that where the chinese where where the chinese communist party or uh company has been outsourced the right to make trains here in massachusetts it's a big facility there in the chinese communist party's flag Flies almost looked like it was flying above the U.S. flag. So that's what's happening. And, and you have to understand, it's not like people in China are doing this. It's the American imperialists are doing this. John Boehner, a quote-unquote Republican, is a Chinese lobbyist. He'll wave the fat flag when it's convenient for him. But fundamentally, they're selling out the working people in this country. That's what's going on. And we need to wake up to that in a very fundamental way. And part of that is to squeeze us, our economy, but to also squeeze our freedom. Because that's how Communist Party, that's how Uniparty people work. It's when the government the government completely colludes with big corporations and they become one. Yes, he's very upset with that. Right? He does not like that. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, he wants that to end. <laughs> All right. Michelle, there's a puppy over there. So anyway, yeah. (laughs) So, so So anyway, that's the dynamics that's taking place globally. 100, at least 100 United States companies now have their headquarters in China. Those companies love that slave labor. They don't want to give it up. That's what's going on. And what is China's fundamentals? It's they oppress their own people, Consolidate power, consolidate media. Well, what's going on here? Consolidation of power, oppress your people, that's what's going on here. So you have to get the politics clear. And what have we seen in the last three months? Six trillion dollars got printed, 600 billionaires became the wealthiest people, increase their wealth by 2.3 trillion dollars, 39 million Americans lost jobs, 20% of restaurants will never come back again. So we have to get down to brass tacks, what's really going on here. Otherwise we're gonna be distracted by, oh, I support BLM, I don't wanna defund the police. Yeah, those are some issues, but they're not the real issue, they're a distraction. So you get all the the liberals and the blacks on this side and over here, if I'm white, I support the police. That's what they're doing. Every election cycle, they create a black-white issue when the reality is police and people black or white have much more in common than anyone can imagine because when a revolution has always occurred in any country the police and the army and the people come together so this is a way of dividing us so i wanted to share that with you that the reason we called it for working people is we need to get all of our politics clear otherwise we're going to get bamboozled in 2020 and we can't afford that and if you open that hood up and you go a little bit deeper just to give you some facts. In the last in nineteen forty eight to nineteen seventy one, if you actually look at the growth, like if you were making twenty thousand dollars and you were making fifty and you were making a hundred thousand and you were making two hundred and you were making a million dollars during nineteen forty eight to seventy one, guess what? The American pie grew for everyone. The pie actually grew. Because why? Because during that period, we had the biggest explosive growth of infrastructure in this country. Roads, bridges, public schools, everything was growing. So whether you were a business person or you were working for someone, your income in every one of those income distributions is a great report that just came out in a report. So everyone grew by t- 10, 15, 20%. I forget what the percentage was. You follow what I'm saying? The balloon grew for everyone. But starting in 1971, Starting in 1971 all of the institutions that we have today which become corrupt their corruption started then the Department of Education gets created Okay, big pharma big hospitals big insurance start creating their lobbies and you go down every every institution They all started coming together Because why they got greedy they didn't like the fact that in the early night The reason we got all those gains in 1948 to 1971 again if you go 50 years before was working people like us, we took to the streets in the late 1800s and the 1900s. Uh, the American workers, black and white, flexed their arm. And they said, you know what? You're hurting our families. We need public education. We need nutrition. We need hygiene. We need uh, uh, sanitation. And if you look at that period, it was the powerful forces of people on the streets, bottoms up. And, and they try to brand that as communist or Marxist. They, whenever working people come together, one force, one side of the establishment tries to brand that as those communists. No. The American working people have been organizing long before Russia or China ever did it. Go back to the 1800s. May 1st, May Day, started here in America in the late 1800s when American workers organized. And, and three of them were shot and hanged. Happened here. And then that was called May Day, and then it was branded as a communist holiday, but it wasn't. So the establishment has been on an attack of the American working people organizing in a fundamental way. So during 48 to 71, all of that hard work helped all of us grow. But starting in 1971, the elites were so jealous and so upset that they had to build infrastructure for us, that they had to give us those gains. So they went on a rampage. They consolidated left and right. So starting in 1971, what happens to our incomes? And again, you look at every income distribution, only the top 10% their incomes grew. The other 90% of us, our income dist- our incomes went down, which means the pie grew for them. So it's like two apple pies. One big apple pie for them and we got crumbs. The average worker today who earns $50,000 median income should be making $120,000. That $70,000 differential has been from the degradation of that pie, smaller and smaller for us, bigger and bigger for them. Yep. Yes. So, so you bring up a good point. So so if you go one level deeper, what happened was the elites did two things. One is we had something called the gold standard, and in 1971 Nixon moved to the petrodollar standard. And it was an opportunity that compelled with the fact that these guys never wanted to give us those rights. So both things occurred. So it was a convergence of events that took place. But fundamentally it was an attack on you and you and you and you, all of us. They wanted to go back to consolidation of power. Does this make sense? Yes. So and we have to all get this clear. And both parties have been doing this against us. And I'll give you a very, very powerful example of this in one example. So they do horse trading. These guys are lawyers. You know, it's like trying to get a criminal off crime. Okay, I'll give you this, you give me that. So go back to 2012 when Obamacare took place. Um, When Obamacare took place, how did Obama, How did Obama get this through? How did he get it through? What was Obamacare, first of all? Obamacare was bloated healthcare, and it created no competition, and it created a monopoly for three big institutions, big insurance, big hospitals, and big pharmaceuticals. That's what it did. You had to buy insurance, forced to buy insurance, and what, and what it did was enable a five cents aspirin to be sold for 50 bucks in the emergency room. You talk to friends of mine who are surgeons. You know the procedure is only like two thousand dollars. When when they actually get the bill, it's two hundred thousand dollars. It's it they it allowed them to inflate costs with a lot of middlemen. So Obamacare, remember there's think about it this way: we're the peasants, and there's really two warring kingdoms. Kingdom one and kingdom two. WWF of wrestling, and they want us to sit here like fools and support one or the other. Okay? That's what they want us to do. But they both have their interests and it's and it's not our interest. So, Obamacare was backed by Big Pharma, big insurance, and big hospitals. And they called And yeah, and, and they're very good at branding cuz they have the best they have the best people from Madison Avenue. They called it the Affordable Care Act. Right? That's what they did. Now, how did Obamacare get through? It couldn't have gotten through without Republican support, right? They needed the votes. It, well in the Obamacare Act, this is a bill. There is another big provision there for estate planning. Now, what's that doing there? Estate planning, the eliminating, in fact, increasing the exemption tax for wealthy people to transfer wealth to their kids. Let me explain that. So super wealthy people, they want to, like Bill Gates, they want to transfer wealth to his kids. Now, the simple way of doing it is through what's called the death tax exemption. So if I have $50 million and I have, let's say five bratty kids, okay, I could pass on to each one of them $3 million. That was the old death tax exemption, three million without any tax consequences. So each of those kids, yep, Right. So they're taking income and, and their wealth they generated after the government, the state and federal government right. acted, and now they should be allowed to give it. Yeah, so so but let me get what happened. I agree with you, right? But so but but let me tell you what they did. So the so we can have a discussion on that, okay? But the, the parents could transfer three million per child, okay? And many of the ours were afraid that Obama was going to take that exemption away. So in 2012, the biggest transfer of wealth took place. Everyone got scared, and they started moving the $3 million to their kids. The way Obama got it was he went, the way he got uh, Obamacare through, he's went to them and he said, I'm not going to take it away. I'm going to double it for you. Okay? So it went from $3 million to $6 million. So what ended up happening was... And, and by the way, what I'm sharing with you is from two board members of mine in a company I run. One's a big Trumper, big Republican, and the other guy's a liberal who's got BLM signs. But they both agreed this was a horse trade that actually screwed all of us. And I'll explain what I mean by that. So the exemption went up to six million, so you could transfer six million, and Obama got that through. So what what is a fundamental result of that from a macro perspective? Big pharma, big hospitals, big, and by the way, if you look at the stock market, big pharma went up like that. After that, big insurance. So one group of the elites prospered and another group of the elites prospered. And what do I mean by that? It's not about pro-tax or anti-tax. I think we'd all argue, we all believe we should pay a fair share of tax. There are certain public systems we should keep going. People who take lots of risk probably shouldn't, in my view, shouldn't pay as many tax, right? But today we have $1.7 trillion of foundation wealth that is not taxed. Harvard doesn't pay a penny in tax. The Gates Foundation doesn't pay. And there are foundations which adds up to $1.7 trillion. So what's happening is the elites have figured out a way, because they have 50 lawyers, that they can take their billions and instead of paying any wealth, they create something called a foundation. They move the wealth into that foundation and what they're really doing is, in a legal way, evading taxes. They move it into that foundation. That foundation doesn't have to pay taxes. And through that foundation, they can enforce policies. They're running a new government. When Bill Gates moves 50, 60, billion dollars into his foundations, he can say, here's my view on everyone should be forced vaccinated. I believe this is what should occur. So he's not even, and that 50 billion, whatever 100 billion would have been taxed, it would have gone to... The U.S. federal budget. So he gets two big whammies. He doesn't pay taxes. Actually, three. He gets to act as though he's a big philanthropist. I'm helping the world. I'm helping these dark people in Africa and India. And he gets to drive public policy. So using that foundation, he moved money to the Clinton Foundation. He gave money to Gavi. And he's driving vaccine policy all over the world. Without any votes. Without any democracy. Mark Zuckerberg's doing the same thing. Clinton Global Initiative. So these So even though I run businesses, and I don't believe we should tax, but I believe those people should be taxed. I think Harvard University, by the way, in Massachusetts, now recently they paid a little bit of a tax, but they take all of our, they get grant funding from us, grant funding, then they get federal funding, and they use all of that money, and then they get funding from their tuition, and they put it into investments, in what's called a hedge fund. They have a $50 billion hedge fund. When they make profit on that, they pay zero taxes. Zero. They're running as a Wall Street hedge fund. Meanwhile, in places where Richard lives, like Cambridge, they own 600 acres of Cambridge, property tax. They don't have to pay a penny in property tax. Do you pay property tax? I do. I pay every kind of tax. All of us do. That's right. Exactly. So all of us are paying all different kinds of taxes. They don't. So what I'm trying to say is, they do horse trading. In every bill, they do horse trading. That's what's actually going on. So they're get, each wings of the establishment is getting something, and what's happening to us is a decline of the working people's actual salaries. So I, I, I just want to make this very real. There It's an attack on working people. That's what's fundamentally going on. And this campaign connected with people all over the state, and we came up bottoms up and we were headed for a landslide victory. And what do they do when we as come up? They can throw a switch and they can turn on a feature called a weighted race feature, which is in software. And I've been programming, as you know, since I was a kid. And in that software, your vote is not stored as an integer. It is stored as a decimal. First of all, this itself should be illegal. So if I got 1,000 votes, Michelle got 1,000 votes, Arden. Actual in the database, it's not stored as one zero zero zero, which is a whole number, right? Anyone here? One, two, three. It's stored as one zero 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 point one, two, three, four, five, six. It's it's a decimal. Exactly. Exactly. For slaves, one vote was three fifths of a vote. So they can flip a switch. There's a feature in the software, which Bev Harris, a woman who figured this out, was attacked for doing this. She figured out that the votes in the system is stored as decimals. So first of all, why is that? And it was created there. Excellent. Their their excuse was we created that feature for homeowners associations in 2001 because they wanted to use the software. Let's say all of us were in the same condo unit And Michelle owned 1,000 square feet, Shannon owned 2,000 square feet, Richard owned 1,500 square feet, and we were all going to vote if we wanted to put in new carpeting. Well, Michelle's point was, I have to pay more condo fee, so she got two votes, right? Shannon got uh, one vote, Richard got 1.5 votes, it's called fractional voting. Everyone get this? That feature was left in there for federal elections. So. When I look at the fact, we won in Franklin County, hand counted, but on the machine counted votes, they can throw this feature on at the time of tabulation because in machine counted, the votes are done not by a human being, they're done by the software, where when you put in that paper, it doesn't go to a human being, it, it gets scanned by a machine, and in the DS200 machines, all documented, which is what we use east of 495 predominantly, okay, in some parts here, that image that scanning gets converted that your paper into a digital ballot image and it gets stored on that machine okay it's getting stored 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 when the polls close who is counting those digital images the machine it's scanning it has some ai technology it looks for a dot one vote for shiva one vote for michelle it's counting those dots got it and then it tabulates the election But if that weighted race feature is turned on for every one vote Michelle gets, let's say it gets multiplied by three and every vote I get, it halves it, okay? So that's where you can flip an election within microseconds. The way that you would know is if a thousand voters came in, you should have how many ballot images? Thousand. Thousand. But if if the number of votes is let's say 2000, you know something's wrong. Someone got increased more, someone got reduced, etc. So that's why we asked, we did a FOIA on September 9th, we asked for the ballot images. We said, show us the ballot images. 10 days later, after a lot of nonsense, we had to go through it. 11 days later, which is they violated federal law and in fact, I called them up and I'm sorry, they violated uh, law. I said, hey, you, you guys are violating federal law and the guy tells me on the phone, no, 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 I'm violating Massachusetts law. That's what he okay. says. So that's okay. And then, no, but I'm saying, this is like a third world country. My dad used to talk about this Sydney. They don't care. They do whatever they want, right? This is Massachusetts. They have total arrogance. And then on September 24th, which is, oh, sorry, 25th, 24th, Saturday, we get an email from uh, Baker secretary of state office, a legal counsel saying, we don't have to save the ballot images. By Massachusetts law. But no, we don't have to. Massachusetts doesn't. So I said, please show me the law. Crickets, right? Then they say we save the paper, but we don't save the images. Please show me the law. I said, you're violating federal law. The law actually states, black and white, any record generated in the course of an election must be saved. That got created, right? That image gets created. All right? So by the way, so, so we're all learning how the system works now, right? We poked the bear. No one knew about this. You have a working kid like me getting back to you and telling you what's going on. That's it's good. This is all good. No one knew about this before. I didn't know about this. So this is how they cheat us. And they have the arrogance to tell us that Massachusetts can have its own laws, which is not true, which means we can have murder in Massachusetts, but not at the federal level. So that's what took place. And when I took those emails, and I put them up on Twitter, which is public data, she's a public official, within moments we found out that the Secretary of State talked to Twitter, ordered them to take down my Twitter account. So if if Mike Pompeo, the US Secretary of State, called up Twitter and said, please remove Joe Biden's account for seven days, which is a long time when you have 30 days left, because he's putting up election misinformation And Twitter complied, oh my God, we would would see it every day, right? How could Twitter do this? And the fact that that happened shows that we've become a banana republic. And this is what happens in China. This is what happens in countries that have no freedom. And the reason they think they can do this is because they think the voice of the American worker is going to be silenced. And that's why we're doing this writing, right? This is, like I said, an act of defiance. And this is what we need to do, because no one is going to watch out for us but us. That's where we're at. And that's why we need to let everyone know we're doing this right in we don't put our tail between our legs and run, we escalate. Because when we do our write-in, exactly, we gotta escalate. Because when we do this right in they have to count these by hand, by law. That's why we're doing this. Because no one is gonna fight for us but us. And anyone who says you're gonna split the vote with Doofus, you gotta tell them no, you're splitting the vote between the working people and those two numbskulls. That's the answer. They're all in it together. And you have to understand the politics so you could you could come at them voraciously, I mean I mean in a very hard way. That's what you need to tell them. Because all these little numbskull politicians who still bow down to the mass GOP, they're selling out working people because they want a position in government. We don't want a position. We want to win for one of us representing us. That's what this is about. And that's what scared them that the Secretary of State had to call Twitter. That's what scared them they had to throw a switch. So we should all be proud of that. We should be proud that we put so much fear into them. So we should not take this as a defeat. We should take it as a big victory that they're afraid of us coming together like this on a Sunday in a parking lot to hold a meeting like this. They don't do that. What do they do? They do backroom deals. Shannon knows this. Richard knows this. Uh, uh, some some other people, know. Pamela knows this. The whole forced vaccination movement, the medical freedom movement has been overtaken by the likes of Robert Kennedy Jr. who's been misleading the entire movement. He doesn't want, now he's starting, now they're starting to do protests, not because they want to do protests, but because they want to mislead people. And this has occurred in history before. So, and it's, and it's done by a lot, frankly, a lot of very wealthy people who this issue of forced vaccine is their little issue for them. It has nothing to do with a bottoms up movement. So that's why our election I think is the tip of the spear of something that's pretty amazing. So every, every one of you here should be honored for yourself because you're standing up. This is not about, you know, exactly. Everyone here should be honored for what you're doing. Because we're starting to relearn what American workers did in the 1800s and 1900s. We're learning how to fight. There's no one going to come from above and do this, guys. We have to do it. Seriously. There's no, you know, we have to do it. And then God watches, and if you work hard, you know, He's going to support you. But we have to do this. Yep. After you win, how do we keep this going? So a person. Yeah. So the question is after. We win, how do we keep this going? The bottom line is, you know, when we started this movement, the t-shirts say Truth, Freedom and Health. And the bottom line of this movement is to start creating what I wanna do. You know, I'm only gonna do one term, why? Because in those six years, I already have programs, but we wanna educate young people in political theory. We need to renew a political movement so all of us start running for these offices. For again, one term, in and out, in and out, in and out, right, that's what we need. That's the legacy that anyone should want to leave, not being in there like Marky for 47 years, right? Not being the Kennedys, being a dynasty. That's right. (laughs) All right. So that's what we want to do, but it's a good question. We have to start asking, you know, I, I talked yesterday, we come into this world naked and then we leave with nothing. And you have to really take that in a very, you have to reflect on that. So what is it that you do between that very short period of what we call human life? The idea is to leave something better behind. Well, the idea to leave something better behind is ideas, right, a different way of thinking. So why not go for all of it? Why are we compromising our principles in even one iota? Because the more we demand that's the, of the richest values, it leaves better for our kids, right? The less we lower our, the more we compromise, you know, it sort of garbage rolls downhill, right? So you're gonna get worse and worse and worse. So that's why we have to raise our standards, each one of us, and we should not let anyone say, oh, you're gonna split the vote. Well, that's an idiot's talking. That's an adolescent political consciousness. No, you're taking away votes from us by voting for them, okay? That's why we gotta get, I mean, I'm telling you, we won this on a landslide. We gotta win this by letting everyone know, and if you go around, you will see so many people said they voted for us, they voted for you. We never heard of this guy, right? You never heard of him? You never heard of him? No one heard of him here. That's what we just talked about. So he's doing, he's an amazing marketing genius. It's called, it's a new form of marketing, invisible marketing, right? No one even know what he looks like, okay? That's why this is such an awesome opportunity for us. Because when we poke the bear of the establishment, we've exposed something so egregious. That it's our responsibility to talk about this. Cause they want us to say, oh, we lost. No, we didn't lose. We won. We won because we're doing a write-in campaign and we're exposing them. So you have to define victory on our battleground, not on theirs. Because if you don't go on their ground, you're gonna be doing, you know, antidepressants all day. Okay? And that's what they want us to do. Then it suppresses your immune system and so on. So we have to define Our victories based on our battleground and that's how we keep inspiring ourselves but to your point this is a movement and running for office with one of us in an honest way in a principled way exposes them and that's what this country was supposed to be on principle so we walk the walk we don't walk away we write in okay that's what we do that's what we got to do so what I need everyone to do is now that everyone's hopefully inspired and excited and angry, we got we got ten. We got each of those boxes got five thousand of these. So everyone here has got to commit to at least putting committing to losing ten pounds, okay? And building five pounds of muscle because that's what that one thousand right. Ted, Ted knows that one thousand of these cards. Ted's been on the weight loss program, increased muscle, and everything. But but uh, we need everyone to do that. There's we need to plaster this place everywhere. One of our volunteers was putting this on Newberry Street, and the cards were on the ground. And some random guy said, "I oh, was on Newbury Street. I car- saw your card, and he came to our rally, and then he took ten thousand cards." So even if it goes on the ground, it's okay, <laughs> right? Don't worry about that. It's okay because someone will see it, and they need to. We need to be ubiquitous so everyone knows we're doing this right in campaign. And we made it easy because we're no, we know we're all working people. Anyone can take this, put it on a car. Give it to someone and move. So we made it easy because we don't have time to be political hacks. We gotta find efficient ways. So that's what we need people to do. Remember this is about truth, freedom and health. Truth, freedom and health, truth, freedom and health. 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 That's what this is about. They attack our freedom, we redouble. They attack truth, we redouble. They attack our health, we redouble. Yeah. We don't back away. That's what we need to do. Robin, do you want to say any last words?
1: I would just like to say. Yeah.
0: Um, Come on up here. Yeah. I don't know if people know. Uh, Robin is a uh, a foot 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 and ankle surgeon from Maine. Okay. So. Uh, so here's someone from Maine who came all the way down here to support our campaign. So I just want to end with uh, Dr. Uh, Frost saying a few words.
1: The applause are for all of you guys. and I'm, The applause are for all of you guys. I am here simply amazed by the effort that you guys are putting in. So I will do anything and everything. I cannot vote here, but I can certainly pass out cards. And I can certainly be here to support. And I can certainly do phone calls. I'd like to see all of you. You have your vote. Let's get together. There is more of us than them. And I believe that we are way smarter than them, especially with Dr. Shiva in the U.S. Senate. So let's
0: get it done, guys. Let's get it done. Thank you, Robin. So anyway, so everyone make sure. Is there any other questions? We can take a Q&A. We're here, Yep. Yeah? Come on up. Why don't you come on up so everyone can hear your questions? What's your name? Ron,
1: go ahead, Ron. You said by voting, they have to, when the write-in vote is, they have to
0: count it. By hand. By law. Yes.
1: They haven't observed the other laws. What's the stops them from violating?
0: Yeah, out? yeah, yeah. Great question. So Ron's got a great question. They didn't observe the other laws. What stops them from doing this? Well, they can do anything, right? This is a banana republic. But one of the minor differences thing, Ron, is that a write-in vote has to be hand-counted. Okay. They have to take it and they have to count it by a human being. It's not the belief uh, that they can't do the um, they can't do this. Well, they do the scanning, but it goes to a human being to count. So they can't fractionalize this vote. It has to be hand counted. So we have a little bit of a better time. And this time, one of the things we're going to do is we want everyone here to be poll watchers, um, which means you can go into the polling booth and you can observe what they're doing. So, yeah, you're right, Ron. They can cheat. But you know what? We're going to be watching them. And if they cheat, we're going to come back at them again. But the point is, what we've created now, Ron, is I believe a much more of an awakened electorate. Because if you go, if you went to Chennai in India, or if you went to Congo, and if you went to Haiti, and you told the average citizen, oh, our government cheats elections. Yeah, they do. You say that to America. No, they don't. Oh, I don't believe that. We're not a third world country. Right? So if we, if we even do that, we've done Americans a huge service that's what we want to do we remember the biggest revolution is education awakening people and they don't want people to be awakened okay so our goal is awakening people not just getting a seat there and just sitting there and smoking cigars with these guys and getting their pensions etc our goal is to awaken people so by doing this look at we're activating people we're creating an active citizenry that's a noble service we're already doing our job we don't ha- you know what i'm saying we're already doing our job in the course of this, so please reset your your uh, your understanding of what victory means. Victory is awakening people. That's what it is. That's our victory. If we have a lot of dumb people who simply vote for us because we have money, that's a, sort of a weird thing, right? But imagine we have you, you get it, and we have a thousand yous out there, and a thousand Dr. Frost, and a thousand John Medlars, and a thousand everyone else. That's a revolution we've created, an enlightened revolution. And the founders of this country, they always wanted awakened people to vote, okay? And so we're doing a huge service. So think about it that way. Every person we get, every person that gets this card, you're awakening them. So you're doing an honorable, noble deed. Everyone should be happy with that, right? You should be excited about that, right? Reset what your definition is, yeah? No, you can go online and you can sign up to be a poll watcher. Just go to the Secretary of State site, fill in a form, and you get to be an official poll watcher. So you can go in. We should have people inside and outside, both. Yes. Yeah, so the question is, should we, take, should we take pictures of our ballots? Very interesting question. Charlie Baker passed a rule, because it's rules, right, whatever he did, that if you take a picture with your ballot, a selfie, it's illegal. I say violate that. I say do civil disobedience do that that's my view okay because if they don't take a ballot if they don't save the ballot images and you can't take a picture because they don't want you to have any verification now even in places like venezuela you get you have to go and voter id they give you a receipt in america you don't have to have a voter id anyone can go vote and you don't get a receipt it's incredible first time i voted was for president trump and when i went in there i just walked in i brought my ids my passport. And I was shocked that I didn't need to even prove who I was. 1.3 billion Indians, they all have ID. Yes, 1.3 billion Indians, they have an ID. And when you vote, they put an ink for 24 days and they give your, that, that ink is a receipt. India has one of the best election systems in the world. America has probably one of the worst. And it's designed that way to screw working people. So when one of us comes from below, they can shut it down. Modi, who's the current Prime Minister of India, He came from bottoms up, okay? He came from bottoms up. So America has a switch that they can turn off. It's called controlled democracy. That's what I call it. It's controlled democracy. It's democracy as long as you have doofus one versus doofus two. Okay, you can vote for two doofi. That's a new word. Two doofuses, doofi. Okay. Right, but if you vote for one of us, doofis will get together and excommunicate one of us. That's how they have the system set up. Think about it. This is engineered. And so this conversation we're having here should get people really upset, but more importantly, wait a minute. We want election integrity. Those ballot images must be saved, right? So we're having that. That has not taken place before we did this. Was that ever here? Did anyone talk about this in Massachusetts in 50 of the last 100 years? Did anyone? Because you have a guy here who went to MIT, got all those degrees, came from working class backgrounds. As John said, I never forget where I came from. That's why we're doing this. Because if we don't have this, there is no democracy. We have no America. It's, it's all, frankly, BS. Ted, did you have a question? OK, Ted was waving. By the way, there's Ted and Angela Chagnon. Again, hard-working people who run a great uh, business, a uh, 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 transportation business. Angela's got, what, like 100,000 cards, Angela? Okay. So we got to get all those out. Everyone's got to at least lose the 10-pound program. Mm-hmm. Well, yes. Come on over here. Yeah. And I sure. yeah. Downside, but... Yes. So. <laughs> well, someone did that. Some woman went in and she, not our shirt, but she took off her shirt. She went in topless and voted. But anyway, <laughs> they, they won't. Yeah, so, because you're not supposed to do, there's a rule, you can't do advertising in, I think, 100 feet of the polling place. Yeah, but 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 they consider that a sign. Yeah. Richard went in and he took a shirt off and then he had a big tattoo, Dr. Sheba. So they didn't know what to do with that. Yeah. Yes, come on up.
1: the state's feet to the fire over
0: this we are yeah so the question is are we still trying to hold the state's feet we're going to be I can't talk about it right now but my attorneys are working on two different things that we want to do definitely because they violated federal law right so you know we don't walk away it's just in the last 10 days we've had to learn all this law and it's hard to find a lawyer in Massachusetts you can't trust these lawyers because they won't do stuff because they have some other buddy they owe a favor to so we've had to go outside of Massachusetts to find the right counselors. You can't trust any lawyer in Massachusetts on this. They'll try, sell me out. Try Lynn Wood. We can try Lynn. The is pretty good. Yeah, yeah, we can try him. Anything else? All right, well, thank you everyone. Remember, we're honoring ourselves. This is for us. This is for us, okay? We're doing this for us. We're not doing this just to get someone elected. We're doing this bottoms up. So honor yourselves what you're doing. This is a this is work that we're doing, okay? It's not just a hobby. It's part of integrated into your lives. It's not like, oh, I'm doing, for, for all of them, by the way, it's something else they do. Okay, for us, this is our lives. All right, thank you. So let's, go ahead, Michelle.
1: I just wanted to thank everyone for coming and say, you know, we're voting him in. Dr. Shiva Ayadore for US Senate. Yay!
0: All right, so Michelle's gonna be over next to the cards. Michelle, you want to get people's names? So we want to give each person who 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 can distribute cards. One, two, three, four, five. Yep, you got them. Six. Whoever does seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Okay, we got twelve times ten. That's what? It's 120,000 cards. Awesome. Great. Let's do it. And we have if people want. Anyone who gives out cards, you know, we've been giving out lots of T-shirts, but the new rule our campaign advisor came up with is if you put out a, put out cards, you'll get T-shirts too. Okay? So we have them here. It's an incentive, hopefully. Thank you.